simple for the Teal Ninjas. Win and they are in. For the Wild Bills, they need a win plus a Springfield loss. Meanwhile, at the other end of the spectrum for the Chucko, a pair of former champs, the Keel Halls and Tacos, are looking at a potential matchup. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. From the Lucasfilms Virtual Studios, it's the What's On Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Sports Desk Championship Edition. Championship Edition. I just like getting the extra echo effect on there. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> if you have any questions, please visit our webpage. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. No one likes this show, don't you know that? Mike, I enjoyed it more when it was about the toys. As did we all. As did we all. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, although we're, you know, just kind of just using the platitude there. We know there's no actual women listening to this program. Maybe Debbie. Maybe Debbie. All right. So good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Mike Irizarry with me, of course. <laughs> Gary Godso, Jamie Johnson bringing what, uh, what week are we in now? Week 15, 14, 13? Week what the 14. hell? Week 14. So week 14 in review of the What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Championship Edition. We've already wasted enough of your time so far. Let's go right to the whole music. Where are we going first, Mike? Well, we'll kick it off with our supposed game of the week, which uh, turned out to be not very much of a game at all. Pyramid of touchdowns and Josh Morgan, reigning champions, looking to play spoiler here in week 14, uh, deflating the RHPs. 100 to 68. Uh, RHPs went flaccid when Andy Dalton went down with a busted thumb. That's a zero in the quarterback spot. That that sums up the week right there. Dude may have had 32 points in him. I doubt it, but you can't put a zero up, especially when uh, Pierman touchdowns is going to counter with Russell Wilson's uh, 42 points in uh, Seattle's big win over the Ravens. Looking at Pyramid of Touchdowns, it was it was the Russell Wilson Show, 42 points. Darren McFadden scraped up 11 for the, uh, the Cowboys in their uh, loss at Green Bay somehow. 13 for the Chiefs defense, 10 for LaShawn McCoy. Not much else going on in most other places. Got the big goose egg from Des Bryant. Uh, what's interesting about Pyramid of Touchdowns in this game, a whole lot of points on the bench. <laughs> 60 points on the bench for Pyramid of Touchdowns. They still won. They won by 30 anyway. Uh, usually when you sit that much, uh, you've, you've got big problems. But again, uh, Rock uh, playoff chances went out the window with Andy Dalton's uh, busted thumb. Zero points there. Uh, led the way with AJ, AJ Green's 19. Matt Forte with 10. Eric Decker with 13. Rashad Jones with 12. Just one of those weeks. Rock, we salute you. You log in every week. You've been with us every season. You try real hard. Didn't work out for you this time. You're always in the mix. So good job there. Good season. I would like to say at least he didn't get f- by that time. Got eliminated straight up. Yeah, <laughs> Got a man's death this year. Yes. <laughs> to be by the tie two years in a row, that would have been uncalled for. <laughs> but uh, the win uh, brings Pyramid touchdowns up to seven and seven. The hope for a 500, better than 500 season is alive. Uh, RHPs to fall to eight five and one. Uh, still very good record there. Moving forward to our, our taco games, Buffalo. Got lucky. Wow. 71 points. <laughs> wow, yeah. They pulled New England, and New England only had 58. New England, for the record, would have been outscored by Pyramid of Touchdowns bench. 71-58, the final there. It was Cam Newton and nobody else. Buffalo, 28 points out of Cam Newton, as Gary said. 
poo-poo platter besides Blair Walsh at nine. <laughs> wow. Cardinals defense at nine. Julio Jones had eight, and he was terrible. Caught the goose egg from Charles Clay, who, who didn't play a whole lot in Buffalo's loss. C.J. Anderson, who I don't know if he played or if he just flat out wasn't effective. I have no idea. Zero points there. Oof, Chuck Oring, lucky. Mm. Well, as we said, you got the tacos, uh, led by, well, nothing much either. Uh, Adrian Peterson <laughs> had 11. Mike Wallace had 11. Muhammad Wilkerson, the Jets defensive end, came up with 10. I mean, seven points out of Phillip Rivers. What happened? Did Phillip Rivers right arm? San Diego sucks. I mean, they're awful, but seven points out of Phillip Rivers? What happened then? That game was awful. They did not sniff the end zone until the closing seconds of the fourth quarter. They tried to kill football. Yeah. Man, they came close. The good news is, is that if anyone on the bench had played, they'd have probably won the game. Uh, yeah, uh, Sixty-seven on the bench. Also outscoring the New England Tacos, the New England Tacos bench. Sixteen for Alshon Jeffrey, eight for Alfred Morris, nineteen for Golden Tate, twenty-four for Carson Palmer. Logging in would have gone a long way. <laughs> Say that about Justin's roster all season. He had a good draft. He hasn't really been hit by injuries. Could have had a really good season here, but instead he's 4-10 and because he never bothered to check in. Congratulations, Chuck Oring. You're actually still alive in this 10-4. and four. Uh, As Gary said, you, you got to win and get some help, but you actually are still alive heading into Week 15. Jamie Johnson. Not very often you're going to win a football game in fantasy football with only one guy in double figures, but this week we got it. Hey, I tell you what, both the top two teams of the Dixons, and hopefully this is a segue we can use, had a really rough week. The Teal Ninjas didn't play very much better. No, but they were a little better. Teal Ninjas did pull out their game 96-84. A lot of triple-digit games. They did definitely pull the right straw. I'll give Charlottesville this. Dan Uffman logged in last week. His his lineup was different. Yeah, there were changes. He was here. He left footprints. Springfield with the win goes to 11-3, still in charge in the Dixon, still control their own destiny. They do have to win this week because they do not have the tiebreaker over the Wild Bills. I believe that was the loss back in week six. Yeah, didn't think much of it then because neither of those teams were doing a whole lot, but uh, it's a big one. 26 points for Todd Gurley led the way for the Teal Ninjas, and that's... That's a good number to get out of your running back spot. They're making a go of it with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. He had a nice week with 18, uh, 11 for Telvin Smith, the Jacksonville linebacker, which is pretty incredible considering he couldn't have been on the field very much, and that laugher for the Jaguars. But meanwhile, for the Keelhalls, Ryan Fitzpatrick with 30, uh, 19 for Jordan Reed, 10 for Chris Ivory, 11 for the Jets defense. Loading up on some Jets there. Negative one for Sebastian Janikowski for the second week in a row. Not that it would have made too much of a difference. <laughs> I just like to point out when the, the fattest guy in the NFL scores less than the, the fat guys on this podcast. So 96-84, thank you for, for showing up and paying your respects, Dan Uthman, for your terrible 3-11 season. Unlike some of the others, you may not have logged in very often, but at least injuries did submarine your season early. I still wonder why Springfield is playing Tyrod Taylor over Jake Cutler. Not that it was too big of a difference this past week, but you just got to figure from a fantasy standpoint, Jake Cutler's going to give you a better chance. Yeah. Antonio Brown and Martavius Bryant, you know, played me last week. I think they had 800 points between them last week. This week, 12. <laughs> yeah, well, that Cincinnati game was so ugly early that. Uh, yeah. Did they play the second half? I think they handed it off a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of. Uh, Angelo th- Williams. Thank you. Thank you. Had it just a minute ago, and I my brain kept wanting to switch to Chris Fuatu Ma'afala. 
That's not true. I just wanted to say Chris Muafatu Maafala. He's no Mosey Tutupu. Well, no. <laughs> Who is? Who is? Moving forward, the Chuckbusters continue their play. 104-49 winners over the horror show. And you want to talk about a team that injuries destroyed the horror show. It's been a horror show. The loss drops them to 5-9. and nine. Ty Sampson, the Chuckbusters are up to 6-8, and eight, which isn't bad when you figure you, they started 0-5. That's pretty respectable. 20 points out of Lamar Miller, D'Angelo Williams. Hey, well, they're speak of the devil. For the Chuckbusters, 18 for Matthew Stafford, 15 for Gary Barnage, and the season that no one saw coming. 14 out of Doug Martin. Meanwhile, the horror show got 22 out of Kirk Cousins and nothing else. Even Luke Keekley was down this week. Alfred Blue with zero. Yeah, it's a it's uh. a tough play there. I mean, he lost Tyler Eifert early in the game with, with Pittsburgh, lost LeGarrette Blunt early in the game against Houston. Uh, Alfred Blue is a, a healthy scratch who, who only played special teams. Nobody knew that was coming until kickoff. So I, I understand playing Alfred Blue because you figure he's going to yeah. get touches. And no, yeah, it didn't happen. It's, uh, and there's no, I mean, there wasn't much on the bench. We're not, you know, 15 on the bench. So there, this was just a bad week. Yeah, yeah. Tough season. You remember the horror show got uh, most of the season was riding the, the Peyton Manning train, which was a terrible train to be on this time around. And as Mike mentioned, the Chuckbusters did start 0-6. 0-6. They have gone 6-2 and down the stretch. So uh, our salute to Ty Sams uh, for, for living up to his, his threats and promises and, and not playing out the string. He wanted to get out there and play spoiler. He did. He didn't have to spoil the horror show, but he, he did notch a couple of nice wins along the way. Listen to me talking about everybody like they're dead. We got another week of this crap. I think next week we'll probably just give most most of these games the short shift and, and move into the championship. Anyhow, next game. Seattle Dreadnoughts and Zach Hoffman throwing 105 on the board, knocking off the Hama Division champs and uh, Aaron Rayfield, Oregon's outpost 788, 105-85. And a little too late there. Thanks a lot, Zach. Yeah, nice win. Uh, Zach Hoffman's home cooking came up big for him. If you can't have Russell Wilson, you might as well have Russell Wilson's receivers. Doug Baldwin. My God. The Doug Baldwin <laughs> revenge tour continues. <laughs> 26 points for the Dragon Dogs. 32, 21, and 26 the last three weeks. Uh, you go back a couple more weeks past that. He's been throwing up double figures for, what, five weeks in a row? Yeah, he scored nine touchdowns since week 10. Yeah, no, he had a bad week at a six, but eight touchdowns in the last three weeks. Yeah, this guy went from being a guy who didn't belong on anyone's roster to being a must-play, to being a must-start. It's just because Russell Wilson found his legs. But Tyler Lockett chipped in, too, with uh, with 22. And he had two touchdowns. Yeah, Luke Wilson, the tight end, didn't have anything. But you know what? If you're going to ride Seattle, you might as well. What the hell? Why not? 17 for Derek Carr, 10 for Darren Sproles, uh, the one consistent thing that's been happening well for the Eagles all season. 13 out of Sean Lee in the defensive spot uh, with Dallas. Well, he was on the field a whole lot. We know that. <laughs> Moving forward, uh, looking at uh, the, the outpost, uh, Blake Bortles led the way with 31. If one thing about that game surprises me, it's that Blake Bortles only scored 31 points because the Colts made him look like uh, Joe Montana and Steve Young spliced together in some genetic amalgamation that's an affront to God. It was it was a terrible ballgame. Levante David, 16 points for the Tampa Bay linebacker. Let's take a look at Levante David because it seems like we're bringing his name up every week. Now he scored in double digits every game except for four. 
Yeah, at this point in the season, you're looking at a defensive player. This is since week nine against the Giants. 11, 14, 16, 8, 16, and 16. That is a man making some tacks. Because he's not a sack guy. He's a linebacker, so he's not in the, the secondary a whole lot. He is just making tackles. He is hitting people. And, of course, a 13 for T.Y. Hilton, because somebody had to score the 16 points for the Colts, so it might as well be T.Y. Hilton. Uh, <laughs> sure wasn't anybody else. The Calvin Johnson one point hurts, but uh, I think we're on the downside of Calvin Johnson. This has been a bad year for him. Yeah, especially since Stafford's been pretty good, especially since the Lions got things turned around. You know, they had that terrible offseason where they lost a whole bunch of guys off that defensive line. Uh, They lost a a couple of starters off the offensive line. They started like 0-7. Yeah, they they took them a while to get their legs under them, and they've played pretty well since that 0-7 start. The Rams just came out and and ran the football on them, and that's, that's when you got Todd Gurley, that's not a bad game plan odd that Matthew Stafford was still respectable and, and Calvin Johnson was just not a factor. Rams secondary isn't bringing anybody that's that good. Moving forward, we've got uh, Paris clinching, so to speak, another losing season. The loss to Darklonia, 106-75. There too, Debbie Debbie got hot in the middle of the season here. It just uh, unfortunately got, got bit by the injury bug pretty hard again. Uh, never quite recovered from the Marshawn Lynch pick. But uh, <laughs> meanwhile, for Darklonia, the Tom Brady... Your revenge tour idled this week. 22 points out of Tom Brady in the Laugher in Houston. Didn't, didn't do a lot of throwing in the second half. Uh, 18 points for Brandon Marshall who had a big week. 13 for John Brown. Uh, a few more guys in double figures. Just a nice, consistent effort there. Darklonia goes to 8-6 and six with the win. Clinches a winning season. Yeah, despite it all, they did manage to clinch a winning season. Yeah, they hung in there. Uh, Brian Greenwood just... Dude, you want to talk about a team that caught the wrong week every week? He's going to go 8-6, and six, maybe 8-7, and seven, and he's going to have the Kavanaugh Trophy comfortably. Yeah. Meanwhile, Debbie had uh, Drew Brees throwing up 24. 16 out of Alan Hearns, because in Jacksonville, everybody plays, everybody scores. David Johnson, the, the Arizona running back, had 12, and nobody had, else had anything. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, negative one. So actually worse than this podcast last week. Injury bug got Debbie again. Thomas Rawls went down with a broken ankle uh, early against, yeah. against the, the, the Ravens, and that was pretty well the end of her week right there. She has been uh, on the Thomas Rawls train these last few weeks. That was that was it. So we expect Debbie to come out and throw up about 70 points next week, and, and that'll be that. She's going to beat my ass, isn't she? She's, she's. <laughs> and you're going to like every minute of it. <laughs> well, you know, I'll have earned it, so it's fair enough. Eddie Lacy on the bench for the Privateers. That might be worth a play this this coming week if you're looking to finish strong. Uh, he's certainly peaking at the right time. Next game. We're good, Gary. We don't, we're good. I think we've covered them all. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, coming into the station, we have our best game of the week between our two co-hosts. Gary Gotso's Fort Wadsworth Warriors threw 111 on the board. J.B. Johnson with Gary's Boss Fight t-shirt, 107. This one was back and forth throughout the entire weekend. Basically, it took Eli Manning's super stud effort Monday night to pull this out for Gary. So, Gary, you're welcome. Hey, he kept throwing it to Beckham. Hey, not a bad plan. like, stop it! Not a bad plan. Not a bad plan, but when Beckham's on the other team, you're like, hey! He had the early early touchdown to Ruben Randall and the early touchdown to Will Ty. 
who is, it puzzles me how he's managed to, with everybody struggling in the tight end spot, uh, Will Ty's at least put up decent flex numbers the last three weeks, so I'm, I'm a little I'm a little bit of a head-scratcher as far as uh, why he is not on a roster, but that, those really made the difference, because otherwise, any, anything Eli threw to ODB was just going to turn up on Jamie's stat sheet. Exactly. 35 points for, for Manning. Panthers' defense came up huge with 21. Turnovers and the shutout, always a nice game out of your defense. Gronk had 14 in his return, 12 for DeQuell Jackson, because Lord knows he was on the field enough. <laughs> Adam Vinatieri. How do you wind up with Vinatieri? I thought that was another one of Debbie's players. Uh, I gave him a ride, and he's not going to be on the team any longer. Hey, you got 10 points for you. Meanwhile, for, for the T-shirts, Odell Beckham Jr., 28 points, followed by Aaron Rodgers, 22. Jay Stu with Panthers got him 14. Sammy Watkins with 14. And the Patriots defense came up with 16. So really, I mean neck and neck these guys it was it was kind of fun to watch the score change all day sunday and there was a, a little while where it looked like jamie was going to run away with it and there was a little while where it looked like gary was going to run away with it and then we got into monday night and things started to even up and they kept throwing to, to odb so both of their scores kept climbing and we wound up with a pretty good one as far as fantasy football goes anyway if you like math and you know we know you do <laughs> <laughs> this was the game to see Here's a fun stat. If I had started any one of my other flex players, I would have won. <laughs> yes, uh, I was going to bring that up. You had left a lot on the bench, or not a lot on the bench, but enough on the bench because you had a few holes. Devontae Adams, Brent Selleck only had one point apiece in your flex spots, and and whereas on the now, on your bench, Selleck, Selleck's my tight end. But if I had started anybody for Devontae Adams. I'd have won. Yeah, both of us left quite a bit on the bench. Yeah, you had uh, Tim Hightower as a, a late sign, and you put him through the, the, the standard Gary Godso rest the new guy for his first week on the roster, but he would have gotten you 15. Yeah, it was a lot better than Javarius Allen, who was your starter at tailback, who got you three. But fist tooth and nail, and, and Gary with the win goes to eight and six. Jamie goes to five and nine, which I'll remind you, one, one game better than the Tacos. Clinch winning season. Thank you very much. The uh, Fort Wadsworth winning tradition continues. He's got a lot of couch bowl trophies in that glass case outside the locker room. Third consecutive winning season. I'll take it. We need a picture of you standing next to Eli Manning, but like we need to like change Eli's jersey color to that off yellow thing that's on your helmet on your graphic. He's kind of been your guy, so we need to make that happen somehow. Okay. So, make sure you so, got a cigar. So basically, we have to get Eli a P-yellow jersey? Something like that. So Gary can take a hey, I didn't have a losing record photo with him? <laughs> it's the winning tradition. <laughs> Standings. Let's go to the standings. Uh, one game to go. As we said last week, Oregon Outpost 788 has clinched the Hama at 9-5. and five. Uh, Gary Godso's Fort Wadsworth Warriors are 8-6. and six. Just one game back, but they don't have the tiebreaker. So best Gary's going to do is second place. Josh Morgan, defending champion, pyramid of touchdowns, in there at 7-7. Seven and seven. They came on strong late. Uh, we were picking on poor Josh Morgan earlier in the season because he got off to a pretty bad start. Paris, 6-8 in fourth place. Gary's Boss Fight t-shirt at 5-9 for Jamie Johnson. The New England Tacos at 4-10. Thank you for logging in, Justin Bell. And Dan Uthman, Charlottesville Keel Halls, 3-11. The odds-on favorite for the Chucko. Well, he has clinched a spot in the Chucko. He has clinched a spot in the Chucko Bowl. If New England wins and Jamie's team loses, 
as well as the horror show continues to lose. I, I haven't run the math on that, but it could be a slightly different opponent for Keelhauls. I think only fitting, though, it's Justin for the second consecutive year and the Keelhauls just because of their overall consistent poor performance all season. They are just like the Red Sox. They win a championship and then they finish in the cellar the next couple of years. <laughs> Honestly, when you win a championship, you kind of don't get to complain about it for a few years. Meanwhile, in the Dixon, Tommy Fauntleroy, Springfield Teal Ninjas at 11-3. and Got to keep the pedal down because the Buffalo Wild Bills of Chuck O'Ring are at 10-4 and and have the tiebreaker. Just one game behind coming in the last week here. Brock Mastrangelo's Long Island RHPs, 8-5-1. Good effort. Great season. Uh, hanging in there till the very end. Darklonia had that midseason swoon, which cost them pretty big. They're in fourth place at 8-4, three games back. Seattle Dreadnoughts and Zach Offman. They're not going to be any worse than 500. They're at 7-6-1, so even if they lose, they're going to be 500 for the year. They're three and a half back. The Chuckbusters are at 6-8. and eight. We've already waxed poetic on the Chuckbusters. Good job, Ty Sams recovering from that start and the horror show and Jamie Creech. We might as well just put a little band-aid on that because that's basically that season in a nutshell. Five and nine, six games back, all over but the shouting. I do remember Jamie Creech uh, back when he joined a couple seasons ago. Did tout himself as a fantasy football genius though, so we would be remiss if we didn't mention that. Uh-oh. <laughs> Along with Ebebin Foster? Along with Ebebin, yes. He was right there. Thinking next year the horror show should change their franchise name to the Evil Geniuses. Ebibbon may have to uh, may fight him for that. Could he be the Doctor Mindbenders? Maybe he could be Wayne Fontana and the Mindbenders, or Wayne Fonts and the Mindbenders. <laughs> nice, Wayne Fonts and the Mindbenders. <laughs> <laughs> and then draft nothing but wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest coach in Detroit Lions history. Anyway. Looking forward to next week. Paris squares off against the horror show. Big game there. No points will be scored. <laughs> hey, it's a couple of rosters that are just struggling for points. Looking at the uh, at the way the lineups are set right this second, they've got Paris as a 21-point favorite. <laughs> and there isn't anybody left on that roster to score except for Drew Brees. So I guess I guess if that's it, we're we're flipping a coin on Drew Brees for that game. Uh, Gary gets to finish up with a taco game. He gets the keel halls, six, eight and six versus three and 11. This is a revenge game. It, it is. Oregon Outpost 788 makes things tough for Jamie finishing up nine and five against five and nine. Come on, Jamie. Show up, buddy. You uh, show up. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I've scored the, scored the most points in our division, had the most points scored against me in the league. Yeah, totally stink at this fantasy foot thing. You got this game, man. I need you to get this game. I want to look respectful at the top of the division. Like, I showed up. The, uh, the, <laughs> I'm not helping you. <laughs> the, the RHPs of the Dreadnoughts get together to try and tie another game. 8-5-1 against 7-6-1. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Bills have a tough, tall order. <laughs> 10-4 against the 7-7 seven and seven Pyramid of Touchdowns. Both the deciding games in the Dixon are tough matchups. Springfield gets to visit Darklonia, and they score a ton of points. 11-3 uh, against 8-6. And, and lastly, uh, the Chuckbusters get to finish up against the Tacos, 6-8 against 4-10. Viva La Tyrone Sams. Go get him, Ty Sams. Make it happen, Ty Sams. 7-8. and eight. Get some tacos. Who'd you be better than at 7 and 8? Uh, be better than Jamie. We'll get Ty Sams in co-host next year. Our fantasy football specialist is <laughs> is 5 and 9 going in the last week of the season. Terrible at fantasy football defense. It just turns out everybody has their best week against 
Brian Greenwood and, and Dark Lonia's privateers have, have wrapped up the Kavanaugh at this point, unless the Teal Ninjas score about 300 points this week. 15.05. Basically, Springfield would have to outscore them by 130 points. So if, if uh, Dark Lonia goes out and throws up their normal 105, then, yeah, Springfield's going to have to throw up 240, 230. That's going to happen. I can smell that happening. So, uh, gentlemen, that's that's the long and short of the What's on Joe Mine Fantasy Football League for this week. Uh, let's let's t- turn our attention to the real world for a moment. Uh, your thoughts on the NFL Week 14, Gary Gatso? Injuries are kind of ruining it for everybody. It's interesting to see that the the next man up isn't necessarily fulfilling that perceived role in New England. New England has been really killed here lately by injuries, and for whatever reason, in the last couple of years, next man up has got up there in that spot and has been able to pull it off. And well, they're just running out of men, period. So I'm interesting to see how far they can get into the playoffs with no running back, beat up wide receiver, beat up tight end. We'll just start there. On the opposite side of that, uh, I got two names for you AJ McCarron <laughs> and Brock Osweiler. I'm going to withhold judgment on McCarron. He hasn't played. He, he had his moments against Pittsburgh, but that was his first action. So Come on, man. He's an Alabama quarterback. I, I got you. I, I, next next week, I'll jump on the train with you. But this week, Survey I says. Joe Namath. Yeah, there is Joe Namath. There's the only one. A.J. McCarron may be the next Joe Namath. We don't know. But I, I'll go out and say it to <laughs> Gary's point. The most important guy in the Patriots roster is Robert Nikowski. Anytime he has missed time in the last few seasons, Tom Brady has been remarkably average without him. He is a huge target who runs like a gazelle and has giant hands. Any quarterback in the league is going to look better with that guy in the lineup. And without him, then he's looking at Danny Amendola, who catches a lot of stuff when he manages to stay in one piece, but is tiny and therefore not not quite as advantageous as having Gronk around. Julian Edelman hasn't been playing. The backs have been going down one after another. That offensive line is ravaged, but somehow that offense works when Gronkowski plays. And you don't have any of that, what do you have left? You got Brandon LaFell. Donk LaFell. And that is his nickname because that's the sound the ball makes after it hits his hands and falls to the turf. Let's update our hands of stone standings. It's Darius Haywood Bay, Ted Ginn Jr., Brandon LaFell. I'm going to put Brandon LaFell way over Ted Ginn Jr. Because at least Ted Ginn Jr. has managed to be somewhat useful this year. Brandon LaFell has been awful with with an occasional spurt of adequacy. Every team gets bit by this. As a Giants fan, I, I don't think any team has lost more games to injury over the last five years than the New York Giants have since they got out of that Super Bowl. You have to draft well, which the Giants have not done. Uh, you have to be able to, to grade out free agents and guys who plug holes, which for the large part, the Giants have not done. And you have to get lucky, which they certainly haven't been, except for, you know, ODB falling to them at 13 or whatever it was. But anyhow, uh, Jamie Johnson, your thoughts on the NFL Week 14? I've been saying it for the last six weeks. Has there ever been a team that's been 13-0 and talked about less? It's not even the lead on SportsCenter. I mean, like I listened to two radio sports talk shows buried in the second hour, both of them on Monday. These guys are going to run the table. There's nothing in their way. This defense is lights out, and it's like an afterthought. I mean, I, mean, I bet you there's some average NFL fans that do not know that the Panthers are 13-0. and 0. Well, if, if that's the case, then they need to have their card as average NFL fans revoked. But I'll defend the media a little bit from the standpoint of, out of everybody that the Panthers have played, there are two teams that are over 500. So the argument, who have they played, holds up a little bit. I understand they can't control that. 
but they have gone out taking care of business 13 weeks in a row. And that's tough enough to do without somebody jumping up to bite you. Kind of has that Rams of 99 feel. A little bit. I think they're a little better than that. They're certainly more well-balanced than that. And I'll tell you, I mean, I think Seattle might be the best team in the NFC right now. But how many teams have ever even come this close? I mean, we can all count them, and it's all been a big deal. To me, it's just the, oh, the Panthers are 13-0. It's an afterthought. It's yeah, unbelievable agreed. to me, the lack of, I mean, I don't even know if it's respect. Just it's it's like the San Antonio Spurs two years ago when they were winning 62 games. They're like, oh. Or the, you know. the San Antonio Spurs right now, perhaps. They're 20-5, and nobody cares. Because their name's not Golden State. Yeah. I, I think the issue, too, is that this is the first team that's come this close, that's made a real run at 16-0 since the Patriots did 16-0. And for all the hype that surrounded that, ultimately, that season was a wash. It was it was, it ended in disappointment because they couldn't win the Super Bowl. So I, I, I think it may be now that if you run the table, you, ha- you have to win it all for it to really matter. Otherwise, it's just fancy window dressing. We know that's not the case. It's, it's a special achievement to go through an entire regular season in, in any kind of sport or, or any length of time like this and not lose a game. I don't care what you do. To not make a mistake for four months just in everyday life is pretty damn special. And I think in terms of cracking the armor on the hype machine, that, that may be where we're at. It, it's the same quarterback. It's the same coach in New England. And so it, it's like that 16-0 and never went away. That's a little bit of what we're up against there. As for myself, as a Giants fan, I got to watch the, the win last night on Monday night. As I called last week, they would beat Miami and then everybody would be talking about them again. They're still terrible. They're still awful. That entire division sucks. First one to eight wins wins. If I were a bet man, I'd take the Redskins simply because they, they actually have two games with teams worse than them remaining on the schedule, and then they get to play head-to-head with the Eagles to control their own destiny there. And believe me, I hate saying that because I I really, more, more so than perhaps any other team, don't like the Redskins. Gary, mark it down. Mike Irizarry is a Kirk Cousins believer. <laughs> it, it's an awful division. It's it's one of the worst we've ever seen. And, and uh, so I'm going to temper my fandom with some realism there and, and say as the Giants head into undefeated Carolina this week. <laughs> I'm not exactly holding my hopes up high. Oh, you know, they almost got New England when they were undefeated. Maybe they'll only lose by a point this week, too. The Panthers are playing at the Meadowlands. So, Mike, I think Bloomfield, you got a slight shot. It'll be a good game to watch. I'm going to be watching. If Odell Beckham is as good as we're trying to make him, they have a chance. If he can get off and get a couple of scores, then they have a chance. So I'll give it that. I don't see it happening, but it could. So anyway, that's uh, that's enough for my rickety fandom right there. That's all we got for the week. Thanks for tuning in for our 37 minutes of crap. For my co-hosts, Gary Gonzo, Jamie Johnson, I'm Mike Arizari. Thanks so much for listening, or not listening, to the What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Championship Edition, where our motto is... Beat Chuck just by point. Good night, everybody.